Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, I am incredibly happy and blessed and excited to be introducing you to a very dear friend, someone I respect enormously because of her insight and wisdom as a person, as a coach, as a business leader. And today, we get to talk about something that she's incredibly passionate about, and that is something called Soul Sense, which is also the title of her small and powerful or small and mighty (laughs) book (laughs) on what is really meaningful to people. And she has a lot to say about how to develop personally, but also for how to develop leadership and how people can be their best selves and the companies can be (laughs) their best companies through this whole conversation about soul. So I'm delighted to introduce you to Adrian if she's not someone that you know already. So by a little bit of background, Adrian, you and I have known each other since really, you were in coach, I think, almost even before I was. Is that right? Yes, I was actually. Not too many people can say that. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm one of the fortunate ones who met Dan Sullivan very early on. Yes. That's amazing. Totally grateful for that. Yeah. This coming June, it'll be 24 years since you've been an associate coach with Strategic Coach. So not only have you been a client for that long, longer, and by the way, I love your coaching. I get to experience it every year <laughs> in our couples workshop, couples connection. And you're just someone who I just love to put myself in your hands, your very capable hands when it comes to having insightful conversations and getting clear on my own future and what's important to me and my husband through that circumstance. So I just really appreciate you being here. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much. And it's been an absolute joy to know you and just to see your amazing abilities in action. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. So just so that our audience can get to know you a little bit, talk a little bit about Big Futures and your company and your key partner in all ways. I would love that. So that people get grounded in who is Adrian Duffy? Thank you so much. Well, I was actually reflecting on this yesterday in preparation for today. And I was thinking about when I entered into Strategic Coach, my company name was Corporate Growth Management Consultants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in those days, management consulting was just kind of becoming something, you know, 30 plus years ago. And what I was reflecting on is the fact that it was corporate growth. And so my entire professional career with businesses has been about assisting organizations and individuals within them to grow. And about 25 years ago, we rebranded our company, Big Futures Inc., Mm -hmm. because we wanted a bigger umbrella to do what we did. And there was a lot of consultants out in the field. And so we decided Big Futures Inc. was something that we could really continue to grow with. But from the beginning, that was kind of our mandate was allowing organizations individuals to support their growth, all of those kinds of things. So it's evolved significantly, of course, over these last 30 plus years. And we've learned a lot about growth in many, many different iterations. You mentioned Patrick. Patrick is my business partner and husband. So I'm an entrepreneurial couple (laughs) in terms of running the business, which has been great. And we have an amazing daughter, Clara, and she's a big part of our life too. And our home is an Alberta, Canada. However, our work takes us all around North America. Mm-hmm. Predominantly North America is our focus. We've been very, very fortunate to work with companies large and small, assisting them, their leadership individually within those companies and as larger entities grow and scale through our different models. 
And that's really what you're passionate about from our conversations is really helping people grow. You talk about inner and outer growth. And one of the expressions that we have here at Coaches, or at least for me, it's always been really clear that personal growth precedes professional growth. So people really being aware of the internal dynamics that affect their greater impact in the world, and especially through their companies. That, to my mind, is something you've always been incredibly well tuned into and more so than most. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that comes out through our conversation. Yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking about as soon as you said that was that I've always had a really holistic definition of growth and leadership. And I believe that when a person exercises their own personal choice and volition to make changes in their life or to take on a decision and be committed to it, they are actually exercising the seeds of leadership within themselves. Mm. They don't always have an ascribed role as a leader, but that leadership continues to evolve in them just because of how they choose to live their life. That is such a great idea. Like you're a leader for yourself. I don't think very many people will have looked at it that way. Yeah, it's been very, very powerful because Not everybody gets to have a title, I'm a leader, Mm -hmm. manager of this or supervisor of this. But when we talk about wanting to have more leadership in a company, in particular in our coach methodologies, the self-managed company, one of the important things that we want to think about is that it's leaderful, Mm -hmm. that we're developing leaders all the time. And so when a person leads themselves powerfully, Mm -hmm. when a person leads their role then you're actually seeing the evolution of leadership in that person, no matter what their title is. Mm, That's a brilliant idea. Because of that holistic definition, it's just really allowed the breadth of the work to proliferate into so many different parts of the companies or the people that I'm working with. Okay, I want to hear all about that. And now might be a good time for you to talk about your moon project and Nexus project, because that's really how you've done that and how you've helped create leaderful organizations. Yeah. Well, if you think back to corporate growth management consultants, (laughs) our mandate of helping organizations grow kind of about midway into that process and then moving into big futures, we realized that a metaphor could be very powerful in helping that kind of growth. We looked at the idea of drawing that analogy of the moon project, meaning putting someone on the face of the moon as a way or a metaphor for people to connect with something that's really beyond, really beyond what's possible, making the impossible Mm. possible. Mm -hmm. So we decided to invest in that brand. And I can actually say now that I was a pioneer in moonshots because that's essentially what it was. And we did a lot of work with companies mainly entrepreneurial. That is our target market is entrepreneurial companies. And through the process of helping them scale and grow in a big way and using that analogy, what is your moonshot? What would be beyond for you as an individual, but also as a company? What we learned is that to sustain the energy and inspiration, inspiration is at the core, but to sustain that you actually had to be developing yourself. Mm. You had to be developing your leadership. You had to be developing your culture inside your company, the experience that your employees were having. Otherwise, all the energy and the hard work started to burn people out. So over a 10-year period, we did a lot of learning around how do you find the point of integrity between outer growth, which is the moonshot, very aspirational, very big, very exponential, 
and inner growth, which is the stabilizer Mm -hmm. and really helping people and organizations to make sure that they have a solid foundation. So a few years ago, we did another bold move, which was to rebrand our company under what we are calling the Nexus Project. And our logo is an infinity symbol, which is representing the two loops of inner and outer growth. That is so powerful. I love that. Okay. I want to hear more. Yeah. So essentially, it's naming what we had found to be true. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite Carl Jung quotes is, once the disease is named, the healing can begin. And what we saw was that organizations were burning out if everything was about aspiration. Mm -hmm. Everything was about the moonshot. So by naming inner and outer growth as two integral factors that needed to have integrity when you're evolving either yourself or your company, what we found is that there was a bit of magic to that. Mm-hmm. because you could look strategically at a bigger perspective. And it was incredibly sticky and profound when we started to see the conversation, both and outer growth and inner growth, outer growth, inner growth, we have to look at both. And all of the elements of soul sense actually came out of working on the inner growth side, because we found that in the market, there was a lot of things about aspiration. There's a lot of things about those big, big goals that we want to achieve. And that's important. We have to stretch, I believe. But at the same time, we stretch out, we need to stretch in. Mm. All right. And when we do both and, then we actually expand our leadership capacity to take on more and more value out in the world, contribution out in the world, really make a difference, all of those kinds of things. The whole idea of expanding my leadership capacity is incredibly appealing. I can tell you that right now. So I want to talk a little bit about the consequence because you've talked about people burning out and I can completely get that. But I want to delve a little bit deeper, not into the pain, because I think we really need to think about that. Moonshots are kind of a thing. You know, it's almost become a buzzword and you absolutely were a pioneer in that because I've been around that long to see you do this. So if people are only ever focusing on the external aspirational things. And, you know, if people watch the meteoric rise of some of the internet companies and things like Facebook and some of the very large institutions, almost, I want to call them, of things that we interact with daily, be it Amazon or what have you, we can kind of compare ourselves to that and think that that's what scale looks like, which is ginormous. And if we're not doing that, we're failing somehow. So if people are only focused on aspiration, Let's go a little bit more deeply into some of the costs of that, because I think that's something that people, we go, oh, yeah, yeah, people are working hard, but so what? Let's keep going. But you've seen some real consequences of people when they go too hard. Yeah, and I think there are myriad of different consequences, Shannon, and maybe we can speak first to the individual level where people, as you said, are burning out, they're getting stressed out, they're not getting the breathing room to reflect. Mm -hmm. They're working, 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 and... I love technology. I think it's been so transformational for this world. But on the other side of that, there's no boundaries. (laughs) So the other thing that I'm seeing as a consequence is that people can go Mm 24-7. And if they do not put boundaries in place, the world isn't doing it for them anymore. You know, and we can go back to many of the ancient laws of creating some space on whether it's a Sabbath or on a weekend. That was legislated almost, that you had time that you were refreshing yourself. We just don't see that that much anymore because people can go 24-7. And you used the word self-reflecting, which is 
a key thought in my mind right now. Now, if people don't reflect, what happens? Yeah, if people don't reflect and it's all about aspiration, eventually they lose themselves and they're starting to ask very big questions. Mm. Generally, my experience, Shannon, has been that life will give you some very gentle nudges that you need to be listening. But if you really don't listen to those gentle nudges, eventually it's going to give you a little kick or more. So the consequences can be great, as we know. Everything from getting a headache to getting quite ill. And so, yeah, I call that a two by four to the head. (laughs) I love that. But the same is true for an organization. So, we just talked about the individual, but it's a double Uh discussion. Let's talk about it organizationally. What happens organizationally when we aren't listening and Mm. we aren't reflecting Mm. and people inside the organization are pushing, 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 and they're burning out? Then communication systems within the organization break down, more drama sets in, people are coming more from a victim mode rather than accountability mode, the culture is falling apart, and there are so many stories that we read about where companies have had incredible, dynamic, beautiful exponential growth, but then what comes around to bite them is something happening inside the company, something happening in the culture, the team not happy, and then even worse. Mm -hmm. And we've seen many, many stories of this. So it's not either or. That's what we learned with Moon Project, with Moonshots. This is not an either or proposition, in my opinion. It's a both and. Mm -hmm. We need to have both. And that's part of expanding our leadership as leaders of a company, Whereas team members in a company is expanding our ability to handle the outer growth and all of the dynamic of that, but also continue to look after the inner, both individually caring for ourselves and then also organizationally caring for our people, our culture, the experience that the team members are having inside the company. Mm-hmm. By the way, the term expanding capacity, mm-hmm. love that. There's <laughs> some of these things I want to take away and just put on my board and just look at them. And that's one of them. So do you have, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you've experienced this and coach people for decades on this. Is there any particular individuals or stories where you're like, oh, you could kind of see it happening? I call them train wrecks. Like where you're like, oh my gosh, this person just hit the wall or this company hit the wall. Any ones that you've worked with or you've come in probably after they've done that <laughs> to try and help them? What's an example? You know, I think that there's cycles to everything, Shannon, whether it's people or companies, we go in and out of those cycles of intensity. Mm -hmm. And because I tend to have a very positive outlook on things, and that's part of becoming a leader in today's age is how quick can you let go? (laughs) I don't belabor the negative stories. But generally, what I find is that in, for example, one of my largest clients that has been doing Moon Project and Nexus for years, if I think of the cycles that they go through, when they're ready for a big jump or something in the economy happens, and it's a bit of a blind side for them, then sometimes the team members and the leadership within that company end up playing it out towards each other Mm -hmm. rather than being proactive for a short period of time. Fortunately, we've given them the, I call them the emotional intelligence reps. So they've gotten a lot of emotional intelligence training to handle it. So they adjust themselves and find their center very quickly. But it's the awareness that I'm talking about. And I think I'm very fortunate because most of my clients 
really believe in what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So in terms of train wrecks that you talked about, I don't see it that often. However, I can tell when someone's been burning the candle on both ends, mm-hmm. some of the leaders that I work with or the team members that I work with. And you can see, you know what, they're going to have to look after themselves. Yeah. Whether it's doing a little deep reflection or any kind of strategy that's going to help them really look after the core of who they are, Mm -hmm. because they are really getting to that point where they're just on the edge of burning out. That is such a great point. And so (laughs) if you're listening to this, and this is you, or this is one of your (laughs) colleagues, please pay attention. And again, I think it's that willingness to self reflect that doesn't buy you time, but it certainly gets you awareness and keeps you out of ego, out of drama, out of victim mode. But if you can't take any time to reflect, that's a massive clue that something is wrong. I also notice sometimes that bringing in, as a company is scaling up, you need to bring in more people, usually. Yeah. I mean, technology oh, is a yeah. huge part of it, but bring in new people. And what we've noticed in different iterations, because we're in our 30th year now at Strategic Coach, which is pretty cool. Sometimes we brought people in and they come from a different culture. They come from that all striving all the time. You know, we're big on free days and 24 hours, midnight to midnight, in which you do not work, which is a huge part of rejuvenating and resting. But if people have super busy families or health challenges in their families or what have you, they can be burning the candle on both ends, not only with work, but they just never actually have a chance to rest Or our team members, if they've been here for a long time, actually need to expand their capacity and may not have the wherewithal to recognize that. So I see it in both external people coming in and internal people have been here for a long time, myself included, by the way, that I have to keep growing myself to keep pace and I can't just assume it's going to happen. (laughs) Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. It's kind of like, oh, really? I got to keep growing. I got to keep transforming. Darn, aren't I there yet? Well, of course, we know that we're already there and we're just expanding our experience of being there, which is one of Dan Sullivan's great, great, very helpful thoughts. However, it's totally essential that we see this as a both and proposition. And what I mean by that is that if you focus on that outer, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Some people are more wired that way, and it's wonderful. They're very aspirational, and I admire them so greatly. They just have this precipitous energy to just accomplish things and lead people where no one else has gone. It's incredible. However, if they do that to the neglect of looking after themselves and doing any kind of self-reflection, then as we talked about, eventually there will be a calling card (laughs) that they need to do that. Alternatively, if you focus on inner reflection to the neglect of outer, that doesn't work either. No. You don't take action in your life. You don't stretch. You don't grow. You don't create the kind of strategic tension that is needed mm-hmm. to expand and grow in life with life. When we integrate the two, some are going to have more of a comfort level with the inner side. Some are going to have more of a comfort level with that outer aspirational. But we all are learning about the integration of both. And I very specifically don't use the word balance. (laughs) No such thing. I think there's a heaviness of the word balance because I personally have not experienced that many moments where I believe that I was in perfect integration of the two. What we look for and helping our clients is finding a point of integrity Mm. between the two. 
so that we're a both and we're thinking about both. And that makes all the difference is we're being strategic about both of them. We've just talked about the individual, but then on a company level, we want to have big goals. We want to have that exponential way of looking at things, but then we also want to have equal goals on the side of culture, experience, looking after our people, all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. it's going to go in and out. That's very specifically why we used in our logo an infinity symbol, because it's a continuous energy flow between the two. And you can see those interdependent pairs of inner and outer growth. We could go on and on about where all of those fit inside a company. And there's so many strategic tensions that exist. So we're just talking about one right now that's inner and outer growth. But what about, you know, your purpose and what you want to accomplish and having great performance, Mm -hmm. people wanting to have a connection deeply with what they're doing, both as a company and as an individual, but also perform well, get results, all of those kinds of things. And then we can see, oh, well, we've got stabilizers And then on the other side of that, we've got people that want to innovate. All of these need to coexist. This is a strategic tension that I was talking about. So part of the expansion of leadership in a dynamic company is being able to handle that strategic tension and make it okay. Mm. Tension is not bad. No. Unless you push it too far. Strategic tension is necessary. I like to use the analogy of tuning a guitar. Mm. If you're tuning the string of a guitar and you tune it too tight, you move the peg too tight, then the string is going to break. Right. If you tune it too loose, you can't get a sound. (laughs) Nope. So you actually have to have tension to make music. Mm -hmm. And you are also, I did not mention, but you are an incredibly talented musician and have done it professionally. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. And also, we can go nuts with that metaphor. But, you know, being able to do that in harmony with others and making sure everyone has that right degree of strategic tension. Although I have to jump to, there's an awesome phenomenal thinker also named Dr. Barry Johnson, who talks about the difference between problem solving and managing polarities. Yeah. And this is not dissimilar because like, if you think about inner and outer growth, if it's all outer growth, as you mentioned, first of all, there's a plus side to that scale, money, riches, reputation, but there's a downside if that's all you do. So we've talked about that. And you also articulated, you know, there's a huge upside to inner growth and how fabulous and how much more self-aware you're going to be, but there's also an incredible downside, (laughs) no performance, all of that sort of thing. So the whole trick is how do you keep that dynamic strategic tension so that you are managing those polarities without hitting the downside. And that's the awareness. And that's also what you have tools for, yes. which I think is very exciting because I love when it gets to the practical of how people actually do this. So we've talked a lot about outer growth and I want to go a little bit more into the inner growth side because I think that's such a rich topic. And it's not something I think that people will have a lot of conscious thought for I know for me, it's like I can bring in certain things, but I think it's something people don't have a lot of words for sometimes as I'm not at the moment. So having a structure and frameworks and ways to understand how does a company actually look at itself and grow itself and how do the people within that organization do that, which is soul sense. So let's talk about that for a moment because you have just such a wealth of wisdom that I know I would like to know more about and I know other people listening would too. So what's your take on that? Because you have a lot of depth here. Well, I think I can start maybe with 
why I wrote Soul Sense. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I had started the book on the Moonshot Moon Project, I don't know how many times, and had been working on that. And it just was like not happening. And finally, I woke up one day when I was doing a little bit of self-reflection. And I went, wow, I think I know what I'm seeing. And that is that we need something that focuses on that inner side. So I started that book and things started to flow, which was amazing. And it's always a good sign when that happens. As the document was almost complete, and I was working on what the final title was going to be, the idea of Soul Sense came to me. It came for a host of different reasons. But first of all, the word soul has always meant the deepest core of something. Depending on where you're coming to that word, you will have your own way of looking at it. But no matter what, it's always the center of something. And as you mentioned, I had a background in music. And so that was a word that was totally comfortable for me. As a matter of fact, this is a funny story. I haven't told this for years. My very first concert that I ever attended was when I was five years old, when my family was in Reno, Nevada, and we went to see my mother's favorite artist, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, nice. She was, I mean, and that like as a five-year-old, and I can still remember how amazing she was. What an amazing first concert. But then I recall after that my parents were just talking about how soulful she was and how much soul she had. It was just a word that was used in my family for those kinds of things. When someone had soul, it meant that they were living from the deepest core of themselves. But then I was thinking, people that I know that live from that deepest core have a sense about it. And we know about common sense. We know about sixth sense. You know, (laughs) we're very intuitive, maybe, you know, can see things that others can't. But what if we were consciously developing soul sense? Mm. So that we're consciously living from the deepest part of who we are, but that it was not just an inner journey, as we've been speaking about, Shannon, but it was an integration of the inner and the outer. So that's why I wrote Soul Sense was to not only put a name and a conscious intent to the inner growth part of what we're talking about so that people could have a conversation about something that was difficult to talk about and open that door, but also that we could really start to consciously develop that deeper part of ourselves. And I think all of us, I want you to think about just different people that you've known. I can connect with them that you go, wow, they have Soul Sense. Mm -hmm. They just live from the highest level of integrity. They do their work on the personal growth side, but they're also making a difference in the world. It's not just about growing themselves on the inside, but they're having an impact. Uh So that was the main piece of it. What I found extraordinary once it came out into the world was the breadth of interest from readership, from younger people who were really, I love this. In particular, a lot of the millennial generation who are all about impact, all about having meaning in what they're doing, but then also all the way to people that are in transition, some of my clients who have let go of their businesses and we're looking for what's next, we're really connecting with it. That's fantastic. And it's great. I actually didn't know that that was the meaning of the title, which is really fun. But yeah, it's having a sense of soul. And like your experience with Ella Fitzgerald and how your parents talked about it, we know when we're experiencing it. We know when we're in the presence of that. But we may not be super clear on how to do that for ourselves or for our organizations. So this is a huge contribution to this conversation. I love it. 
Well, and it's also people on an individual level we're talking about now who are connecting with something creative. And we can find that creative core in our business. Mm -hmm. We can find that creative core in our work. I hope that all of us can, because that's a pretty extraordinary life when you get to do things that you love to do mm-hmm. and that you're experiencing something that's very important to you in your work, because that's where we spend significant amounts of time. But on the other hand, we can connect with that creative energy outside of work as well. It's not just in work. If we can't find it in our work during a period of time, then it's really important that we find some muse or some creative source outside of work that's going to fuel us. This is something that I really learned back in my music days because I would often go to master classes with the great flutists of our time. And one of them was a fellow named Marcel Moise, who was in his upper 90s when I worked with him. Wow. And he was sitting in this chair. I remember so specifically. And then as soon as a flutist would play, he just came alive. Then he would coach you. It was like this life force. You could see it come into him and then he would just rest (laughs) and then it would come again. But I mean, here's a man who didn't have all of the wonderful health technologies we do Uh today and the vitality of being connected with something that he loved and that he cared about and was making a contribution was really important, but he was connecting also with people mm-hmm. at the same time. So it wasn't all about him. It was about his contribution all the way until the day he died. That's incredible. Yeah. So how do we see this in people and in companies? And how can companies have a soul sense? How can they do that inner work? Tell me about that. One of the stories that just popped into my mind, Shannon, was a client that I worked with over the last couple of years on really developing the core of who they are. And in particular, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this is because it was a very young team, mainly in the millennial generation or what we call the millennials. Mm -hmm. Of course, as we talked about earlier, impact, meaning, making a difference is very important to that target group. We know that it's something that isn't new to us. So what we did is we went through a process, what I call the five whys, different people do it different ways, but we really started to uncover why we do what we do. They had a tagline. Why do we do that? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And we had a process that we went through where we just kept asking why. And we got to the core and that core is the soul of that company. Mm. And I encourage anyone to do this in their company is to really peel back the why. You can call it a purpose statement if you don't want to use the word soul, that's fine. But it's the same idea of getting to the core deepest purpose of why we do what we do. Because when you get to the core, it's not really about us and the money anymore. It's about our contribution. Mm -hmm. It's about the value that we're creating at a deep level. So what I do after that, and I encourage anyone to do this as well, is that you go around the team that's assembled once you're kind of nailing it down and you ask them this fundamental question what inspires you about this? Mm. Because inspiration is about the inside. Cool. Aspiration is about the outside. But inspiration comes from the inside and fuels your aspiration. Right. So we're going inside and we went around this group, young people in their 20s, couple in their early 30s, and then the owner, which was a little bit older than that. And before we got to the second person, they were crying. Mm. It was amazing. 
and they were crying in a beautiful way because they were all telling stories about what inspired them about this. And they were bringing it into an inspirational story of something that connected to what they're doing in this company. When you get to that point, you know that you've got engagement. Yeah. Like that's a person who's incredibly engaged. Yeah. And it was a beautiful moment. And that moment is something that you can go back to when the aspirational work gets hard. Mm. You go back to the purpose. Now, we need to have the moonshot. We need to have the goal. We need to have the vision. That's grounding. We have to have it. But if you can connect with that deeper soul of the company in conjunction with that, then when the work gets hard and people are burning out, you can go back to the inspiration and go, oh, we forgot. Right. why we're doing this. Right. This is why we're doing this. And believe it or not, that alone can sometimes fuel energy back into the team. It doesn't mean that you don't still have to look after yourselves and all of those other things. But going through that process is so rejuvenating that it fuels the next big stage of growth that you're going to go through. What a phenomenal exercise. And it's interesting because I think when you have only external outer growth, it can feel detached. Yes. It can feel separate from, why are we doing this again? And if that question ever comes, like, why are we working so hard? Why am I you know, not getting enough sleep for the 20th night in a row? That's your massive, massive clue that it's time to go back. And instead of taking it as a rhetorical question, actually genuinely answer it. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Absolutely. It's powerful. But when you get to that core, it does release the energy mm-hmm. on an individual level, but also on a company level. The team bonds around what they really care about. Each person is contributing the best of who they are to whatever the goals outside are. But it is, again, it's a both and because you could do all of that work and not focus on profitability, not focus on bottom line, not focus on making sure that we're honoring those elements of a successful organization. Uh-huh. You need those matrix. You need to focus on the profitability and the money coming in and the value creation and all those kinds of things. But at the same time, when you marry it with the other, this is the kind of dynamic organization that really appeals to the younger workforce that's coming uh-huh. in. Oh, I'm so excited because I think of all of the articles I read on Forbes or Inc or, you know, wherever I get my sources of business information, often they're simply highlighting one aspect of the good side of this, of scaling or, you know, the downside of working too hard or too much introspection is a bad thing, you know, and what you've done is actually put it into this really important and bigger framework. So, I mean, the context that you're providing is incredible to have that both and not either or, because our world tends to be very polarized. Our thinking, therefore, tends to be very polarized. Goodness knows the news is very polarizing. So the ability to actually manage that and do the have that both end perspective rather than either or, which I think is kind of what I feel like the ground of being is or the default way of thinking, that's a profound shift in, I want to say consciousness and people's approach to things. Well, it is. Yes, Shannon. And it's necessary, Mm -hmm. I believe, in today's world, if you want the big game, if you want to play the big game, If you want to be part of the team, Uh that's a winning team in today's world, this is going to be necessary. That's why I call it the emotional intelligence reps. It's like going to the emotional intelligence Olympics, (laughs) you know, as well as 
going to the Olympics of your results Mm -hmm. that are visible outside. But the inner work is something that we don't see. No. But if people are doing the reps on the inside in conjunction with focusing on taking the steps, doing the things that they need to do, there's incredible, incredible results that are going to happen. There's just a feeling and an experience of really being in life. Mm-hmm. And what that means also is that you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're really experiencing the moment of life and you are owning the dynamic of the aspiration and the inner work, the inspiration in the moment. It's a very, very grounding place to come from, which is also back to soul. This was a shock to me because this was about the scariest thing I've ever done was to put this book out and call it Soul Sense. But the shock to me was how people embraced it. It was a hunger. This was shocking to me, a hunger to have this conversation. Mm. People want to have it. So it was just making it okay to have this conversation. And because it's cloaked in the importance of strategy and all of those other things, and the book itself is actually a unique process around how you can do this on an individual level, then oh, okay, this is okay. I get this. We can have this conversation. Anyone can come to it, no matter what their background is, no matter what the diversity is that comes to it. Anyone can have this conversation because it's not divisive. Can you just, in our remaining few minutes, can you talk about what that unique process is? Because very few people, usually it's like do this or do that, but you actually have a process that lays it out for people in terms of how they can develop their soul sense. Again, this was written for individuals first to develop themselves and then bring that out into their work and their contribution. But the first part of the process is to get connected with what I call your soul call, your why. What are you trying to really connect with? This is a discovery. It's not something that, oh, one day you wake up. Maybe some do. (laughs) Some of the fortunate ones wake up one day. But I know when I was in my 20s, I was still trying to figure all of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to figure it out. So there you go. But what is the call and soul call? It comes from a deep level. It's where can I make a contribution with all the gifts and abilities and wonderful things that I've been given? Where are the opportunities for that? Mm -hmm. And once you do that, and once you start to take steps in that direction, then the second part of the process is just to understand the fire, the soul fire that comes from that, and the energy and the vitality that comes from taking action on your soul call. Mm -hmm. But I have known people Mm -hmm. who get so engaged in the soul fire. Mm -hmm. This maybe is a story that you asked about earlier where people push the window too hard. The fire is a powerful feeling and a powerful experience. So the third part of the process is soul care. Mm -hmm. So there's a constant dynamic that's happening and what I call a spiral learning, you know, of evolution through determining ongoing what your soul call is, connecting with that fire and using it to take action. And however, wherever you're called to do that, whether it's in your family or at work, or there's no judgment on any of that. And then also to be continuously caring for it so that you can keep the process going. Mm -hmm. And by the way, please go get the book if you're listening to this, (laughs) because it's so cool. And the way you articulate things, Adrian, I've enjoyed for years and hearing you talk about it in this context is enlightening. So I want to just 
encourage everyone to grab it. And it's so accessible. It's so easy, which I really appreciate. Because soul care, I think, is where probably most of us fall down a little bit. You know, our why and energizing that with, you know, vitality. But the care part definitely, I think, is where, especially with the 24-7 pressures you talk about, and you were talking about everything's outer right now with social media and how much of our lives is public and there's no natural boundaries. That was just a brilliant point. The care part just probably evaporates pretty quickly. And that was an important element to include. The book, profiles 11 what I call golden threads of soul care. Mm -hmm. And they're diverse. They're very diverse. The first one, of course, is going to be right in the center, which is breathing. (laughs) Like, take a breath. Hello. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot to breathe today. No. While you were talking, one of the golden threads of soul care that came to me I thought would be important for us to talk about is the power of repurposing. Mm. This is particularly important. And the book goes into different ways that you can connect with your soul call. But I know in particular for young people today, connecting with their soul call is an urgency. Mm. I mean, I cared about that when I was younger, but I wasn't urgent about it in the same way that young people are now. It's like, I have to find my life's purpose by the time I'm 12. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You know, so companies today are facing a workforce that is very evolved as it comes to this conversation. They want to understand that they are doing what they are meant to do. It's funny because yesterday when I was thinking about today, I opened up one of my little journals and this quote was what I saw. It's believe with all your heart that you will do what you were made to do. Mm. And now that I'm older, I can reflect back and go, yeah, okay, that is a fact. It is all in divine order. It's all the way it's supposed to be right now. If I look all the way back to my younger years. So the power of repurposing is the ability to look at whatever you're doing in the context of what you're learning that will apply to your evolution and how you can make a bigger contribution in the future. And simply by repurposing, oh, I'm learning about how to be a great team member. I'm learning about certain skills right now. I'm learning how not to do something. (laughs) That's what I thought at first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning by what I'm observing in the outside world or by, you know, my own experience. So there's a process of disqualification that can happen there. But it's very, very powerful to look at the power of repurposing. And when I'm coaching young people in companies who are feeling that angst about, I'm not there yet, Mm -hmm. I want to be experiencing more impact, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? We break down what they're doing right now. And this is what any mentor can do with someone, is to break down what they're doing right now and then find a purpose in what they're doing right now that will propel and energize something into their future. That's repurposing. You've just hit on a main, I mean, I've done a lot of reading about millennials and I detest the critiques (laughs) that I hear, but I've done a fair bit of reading and you're totally nailed it. Am I making enough of an impact yet? And I'm going to have to move companies and they move much more quickly and forget about putting in the time. They're like, no, 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 I don't have any. <laughs> I, have to, I have to move it now. But you have a lot of wisdom about the millennial journey and helping people. You're actually having people reflect in that repurposing golden thread. So talk a little bit more about the millennial journey, because I think this is something as a leader, if you want to have a leaderful organization, this could be you. It's really important to appreciate and understand 
the context of the culture that we're in right now? And how do you provide leadership to what will soon be the largest percentage of the workforce? Yeah. And most of us, if you weren't born in that generation, it's a different mindset. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just different. And in fact, I think tapping into it and harnessing it and loving it is really important. So I'd love for you to share more about that because I think there's just some gold in there. Well, I think that the elements of the learning are very important. It's certainly a generation that had quite a bit of structure growing up Mm -hmm. around what a success formula looks like. And I think some of my big, well, I know some of my biggest learning Mm -hmm. in this has been raising my daughter who happens to be in that generation they had the rubrics, they had the understanding of what was a success formula, and then they could live into that. Then they get their experience in a company, and especially in an entrepreneurial company, we don't always have all of the structures of if you do X, Y, Z, Z, depending on which country we're in, (laughs) then you will be successful. So one thing that's really important as a coach of millennials, which any manager or leader of that age group is going to be thinking about, is how can I help them understand what success formula is Mm -hmm. in this role? And they also want to understand what that leads into. So they want a vision of what's possible. If I want an A, this is what I would have to do. So if I want this promotion, because I've only been working a week and I think I'm ready. No, I know. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) No, that's close. We actually didn't hire someone because he came in, had just a brilliant personality for the role we're looking for, great set of strengths. We did all the profiles, but he was really clear that he had a path that his maximum time in that role was a year before he wanted to be promoted to management. Yeah, And that's not what we were looking for. We were someone who actually wanted to be in that role and keep expanding the impact of it, but they had to love that role for that role. Exactly. So he didn't make it in a week. He didn't make it on board for exactly that reason. So it's sort of a joke, but it's sort of not. It's sort of true. And there are, my goodness, there are just incredible, incredible talent, incredible, ambitious, hardworking talent. If you can harness their understanding of where they can go, what the pathway is, and what they're learning right now, mm-hmm. and how that's going to actually support them in their future. This is always my thing. I want them to look back at their time with me or the companies that I get to serve where we're working on these things and reflect back and go, wow, that learning so propelled me to where I am today. We all know that young people and I mean, many people are going to change no matter what your age, you're going to be changing jobs potentially until you find the right thing Mm -hmm. and you want to stick with it. However, understanding that and that this period of time in your life could be pivotal to support your soul call. Uh And the other thing is you're on it because you're here and you're learning. You're already exercising your soul call because you're here. However, we can actually expand that by looking at what you're learning in the context of your bigger future. Yeah. That's a big one. And here's another one that I see a lot, in particular in small businesses, because we get very busy. People are maxed out. And despite all of our best effort to have some kind of performance plans or stick to them, sometimes we go off track with that. But when working with young people and really bringing them in, there's some that don't need that, but many, many will benefit from consistency of those processes 
even in a smaller company, they just want to know. And we have so many great tools, strategic tools out there in strategic coach, they abound. Mm -hmm. So many of those tools can be used in this way to be able to actually create a roadmap that's grounded, consistent, that's inspiring, Mm -hmm. what inspires you about your role and what you're learning, all of those kinds of things. And that engagement then with them allows them to be more effective and more contributing the best of what they have in their unique abilities to the company. That is such great coaching. Dan Sullivan said yesterday in a workshop that I was in with him, he talks about coaching is to the 21st century what management was to the 20th, which I think is a very astute point. And he also said people right now in companies want to be coached. They don't want to be managed. Yeah. And the conversation you're talking about is 100% a coaching conversation because it's about asking questions, yes. not telling people what to do. And if you as a leader have not made this shift for yourself, and this is interesting, your whole point about are you a leader to yourself? Some of us are just telling ourselves what to do, and we're probably rebelling internally, but asking yourself questions, reflecting, thinking, repurposing, that's all a coaching approach, which works better, I think, individually, and then obviously works better in a leadership role. So this is so rich. We could talk about this forever. (laughs) I love it. Well, gosh, our time's almost up. So before I wrap up with some of my key things, what else would you like to say or what else would you like people to know about sustainable growth? We've talked about strategic tension, which I think is brilliant. And the Nexus project, which is this both and. What are some other, any other words of thoughts or wisdom for people who are looking to develop their leadership, both personally and professionally? There's so many pathways. I think it starts with a commitment to look at both. Mm-hmm. What I find is once you make that commitment, you're going to attract in the best for you. Yes. There are so many different pathways out there to grow yourself or grow your company. Once you make a commitment that that's what you're endeavoring to do, then I think that be open to find out what resonates for you Mm -hmm. and then start to open doors to actually embrace that learning and starting to live it. I mean, it's one thing to learn. It's another thing to live the learning. (laughs) Oh, yes, I know that. I read a lot. I don't apply everything I read. (laughs) Just another little tip. A lot of companies that I work with, we have this conversation about, you know, what does it take to be a high performance team? And we list those things. What does it take to sustain Mm. A high performance team is another great question to bring into that because once you talk about sustainability, you get into the heart of things. Nice. I just did this actually last week with one of my clients, and it was amazing the kinds of words that came out once we got into the sustainability words like vulnerability, mm-hmm. forgiveness, letting go, all of those kinds of things. And then deep, deep communication. One person made the point as a team, if we're going to sustain a high performance team, we have to start listening with our three brains. This blew me away because of course that's pretty advanced, you know, to be thinking about the most current research on brain, Mm. the head brain, the heart brain and the gut brain. Yes. But he's like, we need to be listening very deeply on all those levels to have that level of collaboration and teamwork ongoing and sustainably. Mm. So those are some great questions that you can ask. They're simple, but they open up the door. And then what are our next steps? What can we do to get started on this? Mm -hmm. And take it from there. 
I love it. Thank you. Those are such great practical takeaways. It almost strikes me that as, you know, as soon as I or we at Strategic Coach set a moonshot goal, I think I almost want to say, okay, what's the internal <laughs> growth that we need to do that's going to match that? Yeah. Because if we're going to grow big outside, we have to grow deep, as you said. Yeah. And we haven't always had that conversation because, you know, the external can often be the driver. And it's fun and it's glamorous and it's sexy and it's like splashy and it gets people's creative juices going. But then again, there's no way you can actually achieve it or definitely sustain it if you don't do that same level of internal reflection personally and as a company. So really getting to know yourself, developing self-awareness, getting clear on the why, having those deep conversations, stepping over that and thinking you can accomplish those moonshot goals without doing that. I think is completely unrealistic. So this is really powerful direction and guidance for people, especially for those of us that are very aspirational. Yes. We want to accomplish a lot. And I don't want anyone to go away from this conversation thinking that we're saying that that isn't good because the aspirational is incredible. We want to have that. Mm -hmm. That's how the world gets changed and that's how we evolve in a good way. However, when it's in tandem with the other side, Mm then we actually can sustain it Mm. over the long haul. And this is particularly important when a company does have exponential growth and they hit the knee of the curve. This is where, in fact, that strategic tension increases. And if we haven't developed the conversation that strategic tension is good and we want to know that that's okay, how quickly can we let things go and then move on? But also, are we developing and focusing on our culture, the good time that we're having together, and why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing. And when you marry all of those things, then it's a pretty exciting journey. Mm, it's exactly what I want to be doing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> On both sides of that. So this is fantastic. And one of the things, Adrian, I so appreciate about you, as I've mentioned, is just your ability to articulate things that for myself and others is challenging. So thank you for putting language to having a soul sense and soul fire and soul call and soul care, not in that order. That's exciting. The whole talking about outer and inner growth and that polarity and stretching out and stretching in. That's a pretty cool (laughs) idea right there. You know, it's the individual and the organization. Both of those things have to be working. I'm not going to say in harmony, but certainly in tandem. I think that growth is incredibly important. So thank you for all of the language because that really helps me think and us think about things in a new and expanded way. And I don't think I had really, even preparing for this conversation, really seen that this is such a critical part of exponential growth. Yes. That's a big, like, aha in my brain and having that both and, which I try to aspire to anyway, but this is in a very specific context, is very, very useful. So if people want to know more, how to get soul sense, how to connect with you, more about the Nexus Project. How can they find out about you? How can they track you down? Well, soul sense is available online with through the major booksellers. So it's easy to get that way. Our company, Big Futures Inc. Our website is bigfuturesinc.ca. Not.com, <laughs> <laughs> dot .ca. There's some great little whiteboards about the Nexus Project and about soul sense, kind of the inner journey on nice. our website. So if you're intrigued or interested, the listeners can certainly go to our website. I would be happy to connect with anyone. And I am very grateful to Shannon Waller for 
your amazing work with these podcasts. It's bringing such great content out into the world. So thank you, Shannon. It's been a wonderful partnership all these years. And I feel very privileged to have had the opportunity to be a guest on your show. Thank you very much. Well, I am passionate about curating really useful, practical, and inspiring information. And you check every single one of those boxes (laughs) and then some. So thank you for that. Just thank you so much, Adrian. It's such a gift to be able to take our friendship and work partnership to a larger audience. So I'm absolutely delighted. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And thank you so much for listening. As you know, I'm absolutely passionate about teamwork, leadership, team success. So if you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Mm-hmm.